The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. All right, it's Cooley and Kevin Friday. Uh, Carson Wentz got traded. Um, there are a couple of stories out there about Ryan Fitzpatrick landing in Washington. We'll get to that. Um, and a couple of other things. Uh, I did want to tell you real quickly that this morning um, we had a very um, much of a bust of a forecast on the storm for for yesterday. How, how Has it warmed up out there at all? I mean, I knew you said it was going to get into the 20s or 30s at the end of the week, and that would seem balmy. Is that is that what happened? Yeah, it's it's warmed up. It does seem balmy, but it 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 starts cold every day. It starts at like ten, right? Ten, eleven, twelve, and then it, it, today is going to warm up to thirty-two. But we've talked about this in the the thirty-two. It's so much different than Virginia. If it says thirty-two, it hits thirty-two at like nine o'clock, and it stays thirty-two through the whole, whole day here. Wyoming, if it says thirty-two, it means it's going to touch thirty-two for about nine minutes and then go back down. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you have true, like, um, I think they call it radiational cooling. Like when the sun goes down, the temperature drops like a block if there are no clouds. And therefore, like when you live closer to a big city, you have a big city heat island effect. And the radiational cooling, like clear skies, don't work. It doesn't work in the same way when there are lots of buildings and lots, you know, less open areas. Uh-huh. So even like you at 32, you may drop tonight to like six under clear skies. If it was cloudy, it would probably only drop to like 18 or 19. But we, and, and I don't even know why we're getting sidetracked here. I just wanted to tell you about something that happened You're this telling morning. Telling me about radiational cooling (laughs) seriously (laughs) Um, i uh so we had yesterday i love doug cammer i love sue palka i like topper um i i had doug on the radio show yesterday morning and he was still talking about you know a pretty decent sized storm look it was not pleasant around here yesterday 
Cooley, basically the forecast was for a few to several inches of snow and then a lot of ice. And basically what we got in the metro area, like the immediate metro area, where you used to live in Virginia, you probably, you know, I'm guessing like you got two to three inches of snow and then the ice. We got no snow. We got all sleet and then freezing rain. And it wasn't even as much as we thought it would be. However, overnight with temperatures well below freezing, it was there was freezing drizzle all night long. So it was drizzling and freezing on contact. This morning when I got up and I it was funny because I, I'm glad I thought of this. I got up at, you know, my normal time, which is about four fifteen. Um, I jumped into the shower, got out of the shower, went downstairs, made some coffee, um, you know, jumped on the computer and I'm sitting there and I'm like, shoot, you know what? Wonder what it looks like outside. So I walked out the front door and everything was a sheet of ice. I mean, it was, there was like a glaze everywhere. And I looked at my car and I could see it was basically covered in a sheet of ice. So I did um, walk to my car and with the intention of starting the car and letting the car run with the, you know, the front and rear defroster going. So I didn't have to go ahead and chip away at the ice on the windshield. I had some time, so I figured I'll crank the defroster way up there and let it sit for 15, 20 minutes. And when I come out, I can just drive the car. As I was walking to the car, I did not take my sidewalk to the street. I took the grass, which was just a crunchy, you know, it's white because of all the sleet we got yesterday, but there was a sheet of ice on top. But when you're walking on grass, it's easier. I get to the street and it is a sheet of ice. And the driver's side was on the other side. It wasn't a sidewalk or my house side. It was on the other side, street side. So I walked around and I could feel like it wasn't great. I had these slip-on shoes that I just slipped on, not the shoes that I was going to wear. These slip-on, they're, I don't know, there's some brand that's gotten really popular what is it like QU or UQ? I don't even know what the brand is. I don't. Even, uh, my wife got me the shoes. They're very comfortable. They're slip-on shoes, but they're very slippery. Anyway, and they're very popular. Apparently, they're very popular. You don't know the name of them. I don't know the name. Of them. So I walked around to the car, and I go to sort of try to get to my car door, and I am slipping as I'm getting there. On the in the middle of the road, no cars, side street. You know, it's four forty-five in the morning at that point, and I start to make a move, very delicate, in a delicate manner towards on your cloud on your cloud shoes and whatever shoes I had, and I start nice. and I start to go down, and I I'm going to go down front forward because I when I took this step I slipped backwards, and I started to go down. But your boy, your boy was back in the day a decent athlete and pretty coordinated uh-huh. with quick hands. I got my hands out and I grabbed on to the door handle. Here's the problem, and I'll share this with you in a moment. I grabbed onto the door handle, which kept me from doing a face plant. But I sort of went three quarters of the way down, (laughs) knees hit the ground, but I didn't do a face plant, which I was, if the car hadn't been there, it would have been boom, face first, right into the street. 
But the problem is, you know, when your key gets near your car, everything unlocks automatically. So when I grabbed the handle, it pulled the door open as I was going down. Oh, yours just uh, yours just instantly unlocks. Instantly unlocks. If, if I just walk by the car with the keys uh. in my pocket, it unlocks. You know, I I, I just got this. The, I just got this car like two months ago. Um, I haven't figured out. I, I got to go back and figure out all the key settings, whatever. Sure. But I went down, grabbed it, and the door sort of opened, and I smacked my head on the way down on the door as it opened, <laughs> but not nearly as, as bad as it would have been had the car not been there. But it was it was a mess. So I, I was able to get into the car and then turn it on and then delicately walk back into my house. And I just let it sit there for 20 minutes. And by the time I walked back out, I walked in the other side because the other side was close to the grass. The passenger side was mm-hmm. next to my lawn. So I went in that way and climbed over into the driver's seat rather than walking around again. I thought that that would be a better idea, which it was. But, um, I, you know, ice, ice, ice is the absolute worst. I love snow and snow is easy to me. Snow is easy to drive in. I've never had an issue driving in snow. I like driving in snow. Even yesterday with the, the, the roads completely covered in, in, in sleet, not freezing rain. It was with you the other day that I explained the difference, correct? Yes. So freezing rain's the worst. Sleet is just going to, you know, pile up. Not like snow because snow is drier and um but um I don't mind driving in it, but I'll tell you what man, when you get this freezing rain and freezing drizzle, that's the shit that really is dangerous and that's the thing down in Texas. Well, Texas has had a lot of issues. I mean, have you read some of the stories about what's been going on down there, you know, in the it's south? Crazy. It's crazy the weather. The power outages, the people, you know, there have been lots of deaths due to carbon monoxide poisoning. You can't, people, just so you know, you can't get into your car in a garage or in a closed setting and turn that car on and just leave it running with you inside it. You can't do that. Do people not know that? I'm not sure, but it's a really good point. You, you You can't do that. If you're outside, if your car is in open air and your tailpipe is, you know, kicking out the exhaust into open air, you're fine. Now, you have to be careful in a big snowstorm that that tailpipe isn't covered up with snow and is blocking, you know, the exhaust from exiting the car. But yeah, um... I'm always amazed and I, you know, knock on wood because I just hope everybody that I love in my life is aware of all of these things like, you know, um, space heaters that are on the ground and the, 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 you know, the, those issues, especially when you have flammable things in the area, um, carbon monoxide poisoning, and you you can't get into your car to heat your car to, to stay warm because you lost your power and do it inside of your garage or inside your house somewhere. I, it's amazing. You know, there are a lot of things that people, basic things, basic survival skills that a lot of people, big city people typically just don't know. Can you think of another one that you you're pretty sure that people don't know of and know about that would be very dangerous to their health? A Texas man 
reportedly froze to death in his recliner. Yeah, I see. Amid freezing temperatures. You can't fall asleep if your house is frozen. <laughs> that's a that's good advice. I've heard of people that have gotten to their house, especially in the mountain states, drunk and not been able to get in and fell asleep, froze to death outside. Right. Yeah. Can't do that. No. No. How did this dude just, so the, the the house just became super cold and he fell asleep and he froze to death in his recliner chair? On his chair on Wednesday. Oh my God. How old? After his home lost power in Abilene. How old was he? The man's wife was taken to the hospital. Oh. He was 60. Oh my God. I mean, I know. You know, not everybody's super resourceful, and I'm not about to act like I'm Mr. Survival Skills person because I'm like, not. Like when it's really cold, like you got to go do something else. Yeah. And I understand that some people don't have those means, but like. Well, that's the issue. Maybe take a drive or something somewhere else. Not in your. Don't sit in your car in your garage. Don't get into your car and sit in your garage and 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 start the car and and figure. Oh, I'm warm. Uh, we can just sleep like this because you. It won't is wake crazy. Up. It is crazy though. Like anyone's house where I'm at, where it gets cold all the time, would have a fireplace, or a lot of them would have a fireplace. Well, I know that, but not at, you know some of these people live in apartment buildings, or some of these people live in right. homes without you know without a wood burning fireplace. But even if you had a gas fireplace, that would throw off. In some cases, I would imagine if you're sitting right next to it, enough heat to survive. You know what about? Well, yeah, I mean, well, like okay, here's a good. I've went. I've been trying to do a bunch of stuff, get things done in the house, and I, I've had, I've been building shelves, and I, all I have is my garage, which is not heated. I went through eighty dollars of propane in the last two weeks, fueling a little propane heater that gets my garage up to about forty nine degrees. Oof. So you, if you, if you were that cold, you can go get a propane tank with a heater. It's not like a hundred bucks for the heater, yeah. propane tank. Go do that. That's an open flame in your house. You got got a little risk there, but it's better than freezing to death. I have a question for you. We have gas stovetop, gas oven. Do you guys? Yeah. So just turn your. Well, they don't have power. Oh right. Well, you can turn on your gas stovetop. What is it? The I don't way? think if you turned on your gas stovetop, would that be safe? It would have to be safe. It wouldn't be very safe, but Why? I don't think if Why would it just be... turned on the It's the burning top. the gas. It's not emitting anything that's dangerous if it's well, burning. Well, your oven's your oven's not heated by gas inside in the in part, inside part of it. it yes, it is. It's... Of course it is. If you don't have power, your oven won't turn on. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Will your stovetop ignite? No. Is, is the igniter electric? I think the igniter's electric, but I do. Um, I could be wrong on this, but I'm going to go ahead and guess. Wrong. If you turn the if you turn the gas on, yeah, it's electric. Something's got to spark it, Kev. But I, if you turn the gas on and have a lighter to it, it should probably light it. Well, your propane tank, your propane propane grill isn't electric anywhere and it ignites when you turn the propane on sure it's got a spark yeah it might 
I, I think you're wrong. I don't think if you turned all four of your burners on, I don't know how much that heats your house. Well, if you're near it, it's going to heat it enough so that you don't, you know, you can get, in, obviously you don't want to hover over it so you catch on fire, but I, I don't, I can't, the, the last time we lost power for a significant period of time was the derecho in 2012 and it was summer. And, you know, no, it, it, a week without power, uh, several days without power. I'm pretty sure, now we didn't need heat, obviously. We needed to be cooled down. It was in the, in the middle of the summer. I'm pretty sure that we used our gas stovetop during that period of time. It I, might I, work. But you know, a lot of people don't have gas stoves. They have right, electric. Have a, a electric stove. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter anyway. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like. I just I just think that you're going to have to find a way to go somewhere. Warmer. Warmer. Now, there is. That is a tough deal now. Because what was it? Five years ago, four years ago, the, the massive snowstorm. Yeah. In, I was snowed in in Leesburg for three days. I couldn't get that. my car out of the house for at least three days. Now, I could have <laughs> walked out, but if no one in my neighborhood had power, I mean, that would have been a massive trudge to the snow just to get down to my main street. And then what do you do? Hitch a ride somewhere to a hotel? I, I mean, and that's saying that they, you can afford a hotel. Now, I get that some people can't, but... It's better than dying if you had to go find a way to kill. I don't know, buddy. Um, I, uh, you know, th- I think there have been nearly 30 deaths reported from the, the winter weather down south, uh, specifically in, in Texas. Um, I was watching something on the news last night, or it may have been the night before, about, you know, the hand warmers that you can get, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that they now make them in bigger sizes and wraps. Like, if you own a good product there this is the time man you should be able to kill it you know even if we are heading into spring these are the things that would have saved lives these you know self-generated you know heat hand warmers and body warmers using whatever chemicals are used to 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 make that work i don't know well they only last for like five hours (laughs) i don't know maybe the bigger ones last longer you get big pillows full of rice and put them in the microwave but you don't have power right can do there what is what is that going to do have you ever used a rice heating pad no you heat rice in the microwave no it stays warm forever people you can use them as a heating pad like if you had a sore neck get a like a pillow full of rice (laughs) really and Mm -hmm. and you throw the pillow full of rice into the microwave yeah i'm not i'm not not saying like a whole full-on pillowcase probably wouldn't fit in the microwave but you heat rice in the microwave it stays warm for a long time works acts as a heating pad Hmm. Okay. Look it up. <clears throat> um, the the hand like I'm looking right now, hot hand warmer value pack, eleven dollars and sixteen cents on on Amazon, uh, and they've got the bigger ones too that you can literally wrap around your body. I mean, you know, people should after this experience invest in boxes of those things and then have them for. I mean, I get it, but what do you now mean? You're talking about having a like multiple boxes of heating pads in Texas. Well, once every 15 years, how long until they expire? 
did I ever tell you, um, did you know this about our, our good friend Doc Walker, that every September, this is a true story, every September Doc spends a Saturday afternoon creating a survival kit for his car. Batteries, canned goods, blankets, flashlights, whatever it is. Every single September for as long as he's been an adult, he creates a survival kit for his car in the event that when the winter months come, he is somehow stranded on 495 or somewhere worse. And I used to make fun of him for this. And he used to make fun of me like, you know, uh, when we would do the pregame show outside at the stadium and it would be 28 degrees and you know I had basically a kit. I had a basically a light jacket on and I you know one of my boys would be there running around without a coat on and he would just look at me and he'd say how do you raise these kids and I'm like cold weather we uh, we're just not we like cold weather it's it doesn't phase us as much and he's like and uh, and then I would you know invariably say is your survival kit updated did you update it in september are you good and you know he he would laugh at me and or he would he would look at me and I would laugh at him and he would think that I was the crazy one i'm like doc you live in mclean virginia when will it ever when will you ever based on your travel pattern which is basically McLean to Rockville and Rockville to McLean when will you ever be in a situation where you'll need a survival kit in your car because of weather makes it feel all warm and cozy even if you get stopped on 495 and you're stranded you're big strapping, you know, athlete. You'll be able to walk the half mile to somebody's house or to a gas station or to a restaurant. Oh my god. <clears throat> anyway, uh netting it out. Uh I I avoided disaster this morning. I avoided a face plant that definitely would have done damage. I think probably a broken nose. <laughs> um, maybe even a chip tooth or two, something it was, I knew I was going down, but just reached out at the last second and caught the door handle. I okay. prided myself in high school and college on not falling. Even, even tell about this point in my life, I prided myself. That would have devastated me. <laughs> Um, and I think I fell once in college. Yeah, well, I, you know. And then you get up and look around. You're like, Can you, anybody see that? Anybody see that? Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, it could be the biggest slip and hand down, but I never fell. As I, long as my ass didn't touch the ground, it was not a fall. I, I, I can't remember ever having a big fall either. But, you know, I for whatever reason, I was just reminded of this. So, long time ago, friend of mine... Actually, it was my cousin who was getting married, and I was in the wedding party. She didn't. She had three sisters, no brothers, and I was a part of the wedding party for the groom. And the groom had his bachelor party downtown at a restaurant, and it was a December wedding, so the bachelor party was like early December. It was like a. I want to say that it was probably like a New Year's, you know, uh, New Year's Eve wedding. Um, the bachelor party was downtown. And it was at a restaurant, and the tequila shots started very early in the evening. Um, and they continued to, you know, a nearby hotel 
with you know all of the entertainment uh, available and the tequila and everything and the alcohol kept flowing. Then we were back to to finish up the night this restaurant that we had started at. And this is a true story. First of all, it was one of the coldest nights of the year. It was like a night where the temperature, even in D.C., and we were in downtown D.C., went down to like, you know, 11 degrees above zero. And it was frigid. And so the only thing I will tell you is that the last thing I remember was hanging out with all these dudes, having a great time, doing shots at the bar. And then the next thing I remember is waking up on that in that restaurant on the floor in the kitchen shivering <laughs> at 6 a.m. in the morning. It was 6 a.m. and I was by myself on the floor in the kitchen of this restaurant shivering to death. Now, it was a heated restaurant, don't get me wrong, but even on a, on a cold night like that night, for whatever reason, it was freezing in the kitchen area of that restaurant. I won't tell you what I was surrounded by, but let's just say that I was not healthy. I, I was not well when I woke up. But the worst part about it was I didn't remember where I had parked my car. And it was 11 degrees out, and it's 6 in the morning, and I can't find a coat or anything else. <laughs> and I am still – I'm not hungover. I'm still hammered, you know, because the thing – it, it, I mean, it was probably 2.30 in the morning when everybody left, and somehow I ended up in the, on the kitchen floor of this restaurant. But Cooley, for an hour, I'm outside trying to find my car in frigid weather. I think I nearly froze to death. Looking for my car, that was one of the that was one of the craziest things. And then for, I I found it like at the at the last second, you know I went up and down every block near the I couldn't th- you know thinking about where it was and where I had left it. That was that was quite a night. That that was an for me. That's probably one of maybe a couple of times. I I don't know in college there were many times where. You know, you woke up the next morning, not in a place that you were unfamiliar with, but you definitely forgot where your car was. Sounds like something I would do. Yeah. I don't have that story for you. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you wanted to talk about quarterbacks. I want to I want to get to the car. You'd love to talk about quarterbacks. Yeah, I do. Right now I do because I think it's the number one story in the NFL. I don't think there's even a close second. I think it's the quarterback – you know, carousel and where's it going to stop and who's going to be on what horse. Right. And Uh, I want to talk about quarterbacks. So we're going to do that when we come back. I'm also going to, we'll get uh, Cooley's thoughts on the Carson Wentz trade. Um, I'll give you mine as well. I also just wanted to remind people because um, the athletic who I, my podcast is, has partnered with for a while now and they're great people. And I love being a partner of theirs. They continue to urge me, um, to ask all of you who have not subscribed to subscribe. It's one thing to just find the the podcast and listen to it. It's much better for us if you're a subscriber. It's also much better for us if you haven't rated and reviewed it. And wherever you listen to the podcast, that is offered to you 
to rate it and review it. Review it. Rate it highly, please, and review it very kindly. Um, all of that helps, just so you know, uh, on the back-end revenue generation side. You know, it's easier for us to sell spots, and we've done well, but we want to do better. Um, if you subscribe and you rate and review the podcast. Also, um, there's going to be a link on the description of today's podcast to a survey. Um, If you could fill that out, that would be great. I don't want to push you into it if you don't want to do it. If you don't want to do it, that's fine too. But for those of you, it's a pretty benign, non-identifying survey um, that will also help us as well sort of figure out, you know, the makeup of the audience that's listening. I have a pretty good idea of what it is anyway, um, but that will also help us as well. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And by the way, there's no cost to doing that. It's the wrong verb that they use. Um, you're, you're not creating a subscription. You're not paying anything. Just subscribe so that when the podcast is finished each day, it automatically is available for you to listen to. You don't have to listen to it, but it, it gets delivered to your phone. It's not taking up a lot of space or anything like that. Um, and if you rate us and review us, those two things really help us out. And if you can fill out the survey that there will be a link to when we send the show um, out today, uh, just click on the link and fill out the survey. It's literally like a two-minute survey. Um, that would help us as well. All right, uh, Carson Wentz and then Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, a couple of people believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the fit for Washington. We'll get into all that right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Wentz, airing it out, has Goddard. What an adjustment and the catch for the touchdown! That was the last time Carson Wentz played against the Washington football team. Uh, That was the opener last year. Threw a touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard and gave Philadelphia a 17-0 lead in Week 1. Remember that one, Cooley? Down 17-0. And then you know who played? Dwayne Haskins. (laughs) Dwayne Haskins played really well. In the second half, and they roared back and won that game. You know, as I mention it, I'm reminded that they had like three of their starting offensive linemen out. There was no Miles Sanders. There was no um, Alshon Jeffrey. They were missing so many pieces, Philadelphia was. They were so banged up. And the defense, if you recall in that game, ended up with, I think it was seven sacks, right? Wasn't it seven? I think it was seven sacks in that game. 
Eight yeah, sacks. Something like that. Here it is. Eight that, sacks. And it was it was a defense that played awful through and uh, through the large part of the first half until who had the pick right at the end of the half that changed the game. Dar- uh, Moreau. Fabian Moreau. It was Moreau. It was the play of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I remember your you know part of your recap. Thank you, uh, Fabian Moreau, because it's seventeen nothing, and if he doesn't get that pick, it's probably seventeen nothing at halftime. And instead, they turned that into a touchdown, and it was seventeen to seven at halftime, and they ended up coming back and winning the game. So Carson Wentz got traded yesterday to the Indianapolis Colts for two draft choices, a third third round pick in this year's draft and a conditional pick in next year's draft, which is either a first rounder or a second rounder. It will more likely than not be a first rounder. Wentz just needs to play 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps in 2022 for that conditional pick to be a first-rounder. So I'm sort of viewing it, and I don't know if you view it the same way, as a first and a third. Now, it's not a first and a third from this year. You know, the Colts have a a better pick, and maybe the Colts will have a later pick next year. Um, But Wentz gets dealt from from Philadelphia to reunite with Frank Reich, um, who was his offensive coordinator when he played so well. Um, before getting uh, hurt in that uh, second year of his career. It's amazing that Carson Wentz, like if you told me before the season started that Carson Wentz, who signed that massive deal, you know, that $128 million extension, um, and by the way, the Eagles had to take a $34 million cap hit, dead cap hit, to make this trade. This is actually really a remarkable turn of events in about six months. Well, first of all, it's, I think it's the biggest cap hit ever. That yeah. anybody's ever taken. It is. You're now, right. That's going to continue to change because the contracts are bigger and bigger as this goes on. I think that everything surrounding Wentz, the Wentz aura, really diminished the trade value for Wentz because this is a good deal. Now, obviously, Wentz was a turnover machine this year, and he was a guy that tried to make too many plays and tried to do too many things. But there was also a Doug Peterson conflict, and whose fault that was is up to anybody to decide. But he played exceptional under Frank Reich. And I think the Colts are really fortunate in this situation because I like Wentz. I think he's a player. I know you do. I think he can ball. And I think he'll play really well for Indy. But I also, you look at some of the what looks like RG3 tendencies and some of the selfishness and the want control and want to do things my way. And then I'm going to practice how I want to practice and some of the stuff around him that really became public. And I think that hurt the trade value. It did, which, which it was, which could actually help trade value on other quarterbacks because, and we can get into that, but look, he, it's going to end up being a, a third rounder and then a first he's going to start. Now, I guess if he were to be hurt, then that would change things. And that's what I'm sure Philly's saying, yeah, conditional and maybe he he won't play 75 percent of snaps because maybe he misses five games maybe he misses six games you know maybe he's hurt for part of the year it's a good deal for the colts it's probably the best deal for philly and it's probably the best deal for philadelphia in part because of what you said but what you said means that the market for carson wentz isn't anywhere near what it may have been and because there weren't, at least according to reports, a significant number of teams desperate for Carson Wentz. 
the Colts got him for a third and a future conditional, more likely than not first rounder. Um, but that's if he performs. That's if he ends up being the guy. If not, it's a second. Um, I well, he's going to be the guy. I know he's going to be the guy. I know it just, that. It just depends on if he, if the guy stays healthy. That's the key too with him, right? He doesn't that's always another big, stay healthy. That's another big issue with Carson Wentz is he's hurt all the time. Right. God, who knows what he is? If he's really a pain in the ass, well, Frank Reich knows it. You know, no, nobody knows him like Frank Reich does. Well, but Frank Reich knows it, but Frank Reich left a couple years ago, and it could have evolved. Remember Robert Griffin's rookie year? God, he was magical. Yeah. And if all you knew him was from that magical year and you didn't fully know just how bad it got. But that said, Frank Reich is really he, – he knows the entire staff. He's part of that Eagle staff. He's going to – like, he, he's talked to all those dudes. Like, he's talked to Peterson a lot about Wentz in the last couple of years. I'm sure they talk on the phone as friends over the last couple of years. So he knows what's going on. And he, I'm sure he figures he can make it work. I'm sure he figures he can make it work for the, you know, in, for the long run. It's a great deal for Indy, in my opinion. You love- I wonder if anybody. I wonder if Washington offered. No chance. No chance. They don't want dra- that drama. I mean, I it, look. And that's what costs. That's what hurt Philly on on the value. I've heard two names, and I've asked about every other name, and the two names I've already mentioned are, you know, Darnold, and uh, they like Justin Fields, which would require obviously a trade up. Um, Wentz, first of all, wasn't going to get traded more likely than not within the division. But um, I haven't heard and I haven't seen anybody report that Washington was, had any interest in Wentz. You know, you love the player. I'm intrigued by the player. Um, there were games this year, you know, and I, I think if you go back and you watch how he played against the 49ers in week four or five when they were winless at that point and they still were super banged up, and the Niners at that point, we weren't sure you know, how bad they were. We still thought that they were the defending NFC champions and that they were going to be good. I remember that game. It was a Sunday night game. The Eagles had to have it. And he willed them to that win. He ran. He threw against that defense. He was beat up by everybody, had no time to throw it. In fact, every single Philadelphia game I watched this year, he was under siege mm-hmm. from the beginning of the play until it ended. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm in love with Carson Wentz. I'm just saying that he's a hell of a lot better than he played this year. The- yeah, that offensive line struggled for over two years. He's had the is as much as it gets inconsistent weapons, guys hurt, banged up, not playing, not there. And now he's going to go play f- for what is presumably the best offensive line in football. No doubt. In Indy. A coach who really will run it and stay balanced in Reich, a guy who knows him really well, a guy who I bet you Wentz trusts and might be one of the only player, one of the only coaches right now in the league that Wentz trusts. It's a good fit. Do you know the interesting thing about this is the Colts had interest in Carr and reached out on Carr before they did the Wentz trade. Carr's not going anywhere. No, and that made it clear that Oakland likes Carr. But I just think it's interesting. As much as I think this fits for Indy, they still were interested in Derek Carr before they were interested or before they made the offer on Wentz. 
And in part, Kev, maybe they just looked at those two as comparable in trade values and said, let's see what the trade value for Carr is, and that will help us negotiate the trade for Wentz. You mentioned that offensive line. Quentin Nelson is might be a top 10 football player in the entire league. When that top 100 list comes out in the summer where the players vote, I'm going to be really interested to see where he turns up because he's as good as any guard the NFL has seen in many years. Ryan Kelly's an outstanding center. Remember all the issues they had with offensive line when Andrew Luck was there? Well, they have focused on an offensive line, and it is, it's dominant. So he's going to have the best offensive line that he's played behind. He's also got some weapons there. You know, he's got, you know, T.Y. Hilton. He's got Paris Campbell. He's got backs like Jonathan Taylor and uh, Hines. And then Marlon Mack got hurt last year, and Mack was really good the year before. And that's got Trey Burton at tight end who he played with. He's got, I like Jack Doyle as a tight end. So he's got Jack Doyle as well. Well, Mo Alley Cox was really good this year. Yeah, Molly Cox can play. And Indy keeps their first rounder this year. They didn't have to trade their first rounder this year. So you you, you know they, they can potentially add even more. You love Eberflus. He's a first-rate defensive coordinator. They've got first-rate defensive talent. Look, the Colts won 11 games this past year and had Buffalo on the ropes in that playoff game in Buffalo. I mean, they had a legitimate chance to win that game. Legitimate chance to win that game. And I actually, in, in hindsight, think the Colts would have been a better matchup for Kansas, Kansas City. City. Mm-hmm. Just a more balanced team with a quarterback who would never panic Right. last year. This gives Indy a chance, in my opinion. This also will really validate Wentz or condemn Wentz. This is this it. This is a this is a definite. Yeah. You got you got position A for your spot in the league. Good team, good line, coach who everyone believes in. And he believes in you. And he believes in you. If this doesn't work or if you hear reports that Wentz is a problem, he's done. Yeah, I completely agree with that. This is this would be like if um you know, per per usual, Sheehan brings it back to Kirk Cousins. This would be like if Kirk didn't, you know, wasn't playing well in Minnesota, which he has played well, uh, and Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay signed Kirk, that would be it. That would be his last shot because you'd have the two guys that love him more than anybody else in the league. Um, and this is for Carson Wentz. Given now, the the difference is, is there apparently are legitimate character leadership red flags on Carson Wentz. This is something that we didn't really know until that Philadelphia Inquirer article from a few weeks ago. So if it doesn't work in Indy, you're right. He's done. Like, or I mean, not completely done, but in terms of being taken seriously, he's done. So, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, if there were odds on this, would you bet on Wentz here? I would. Bet on Indy and Wentz, because I would. I would, too. I think it's a perfect fit. And for those that want to say, well, if you feel that way, why haven't you been advocating that Washington go after Wentz? Well, the subject was never really a subject worth, you know, thinking about. Because he it wasn't... Was. They're not. They weren't going to trade him within the division. And then the other part of it, and this is what I said when it first became clear that Philadelphia may move Wentz, if... 
there are red flags, character and leadership red flags on a player. Ron Rivera is not going to have that player a part of this culture change. This is what's important to him at that position in particular. So he's not going to roll the dice on a talent that he thinks could be potentially a pain in the ass from a leadership standpoint. He wants that quarterback to be a leader. He wants that quarterback to be the face of the franchise. Sure. So I don't think Wentz would have ever been in play. And I doubt that he ever was. I don't know that for sure. But I doubt that any – I mean, other than somebody saying, what do you think about Carson Wentz? I can't imagine that a serious conversation was had about Carson Wentz. I will. I am interested, though, to know whether or not there's been any serious conversation about Ryan Fitzpatrick. But more importantly, I want to get your thoughts on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'll share mine with everybody as well right after this word from one of our sponsors. Fitzpatrick can pull a trick out. He got hit as he lofted it up. Long coverage. Matt Collins is inbounds at the 41. It's a 34-yard gain, and there's a flag down, likely for a face mask. That was Ryan Fitzpatrick in a game late in the season, Cooley, against the Las Vegas Raiders, a game the Dolphins had to win, a game the Raiders had to win to stay alive in the playoff hunt. And Ryan Fitzpatrick came in for a very ineffective Tua Vailoa, brought him back and threw that unbelievable throw that you just heard to Hollins, the receiver, who caught it on the sideline as Fitzpatrick's head was getting twisted around. They threw 15 yards on top of it. They kicked a game-winning field goal, and they were alive and well in the playoff race in the AFC. The next week in a game they had to, to beat Buffalo to get in, he couldn't play because he had covid uh, related um, issues. I think there was a contact tracing thing, and he was held out of that game, and Buffalo destroyed Tua and Miami, knocking them out of the playoff picture. Now, here's why I'm bringing up Ryan Fitzpatrick. There were two different ESPN.com stories the last two days. Maybe they were both yesterday, whatever. One was a story in which um, each of the uh, beat reporters and analysts for ESPN took a swing at a couple of questions. One of the questions was, who will Washington's starting quarterback be in 2021? And then the other one was a Field Yates story. I like Field. He does a good job. Where he went through the entire league and predicted the starters for all 32 teams. Now, I'll start there real quickly. Um, Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jalen Hurts, Tua Vailoa, Daniel Jones, and Drew Locke were the quarterbacks that he had staying put and being their team's starting quarterback in 2021. And then he had all the teams that he projected a new starter with. L.A. is going to have Matt Stafford. Detroit's going to have Jared Goff. Carson Wentz is going to be in Indianapolis. Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Jameis Winston in New Orleans. Um, he had Marcus Mariota to New England. He had Justin Fields to Houston. Zach Wilson to the Jets. Sam Darnold to the Bears. And then he had Deshaun Watson to Carolina in a big trade. And then for Washington... He had Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
In the other story where they had a bunch of reporters and analysts answering the question, who will Washington's starting quarterback in week one in 2021 be? Kime wrote Sam Darnold and said he thinks they're going to continue to try to make a big move at quarterback. Uh, this guy, um, uh, I forget the guy's name, Clay, um, whatever his uh, first name is. Mike Clay's a fantasy writer. He said Alex Smith. Jeremy Fowler said Sam Darnold. Dan Graziano had Cam Newton. Jason Reed had Sam Darnold. Kevin Seifert, who I love, had Sam Darnold. Seth Walder, their, their analytics guy, had Cam Newton. Field Yates, as I mentioned, had Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then Matt Bowen former teammate of yours who's been an ESPN analyst for several years, also had Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he wrote he could fit as a short-term, short-term option in Scott Turner's offense. Fitzpatrick is an aggressive veteran thrower, and that would allow Washington, with more offseason additions at wide receiver, to create explosive plays on offense. If they strike out going for somebody that's more long-term, Sam Darnold, trading up and drafting Justin Fields or whatever that move might be, I would love this. Eight to ten million is what his deal was in Miami. Eight million base salary, a lot of incentives based, you know, that could get him to fifteen million. So figure it's, you know, an eight, nine, ten million dollar deal with some incentives if he ends up being the starter, if he ends up leading them to a, a winning season. For me, it's really simple. If they strike out on everybody else, I would much rather have him than Alex Smith. What do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starting quarterback than Alex Smith. I, I, I feel so bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's really just never had the legit chance. Had a chance in Buffalo for a couple years, I guess. But it's like go to Tampa and you got Jameis Winston, you go to Miami and they're drafting a guy. And I mean, even last year in Miami, it's like, yeah, well, we're going to see what we have in Rosen. We know what you can do in 2019. Yeah. In 2019. But we want to see what this Rosen kid looks like. Oh, yeah. We're losing a game. Just get Ryan back in there. Yeah. Against us. Like, against us and then ryan then fitzpatrick's giving them a chance to win games as they get down the stretch last year and then they're winning games this year and they're like yeah but we got to find out on tua so we're gonna pop tua in there you did a great job though ryan i i feel bad for this guy who's not only a heck of a quarterback but i think a really good teammate a good leader obviously one of the smartest guys in the nfl i just i I would be fine with Fitzpatrick. We just both know that that's a one to two year answer at best. And based on the track record of Fitzpatrick, they're going to draft somebody or somebody else is going back in there. I mean, the thing with Fitzpatrick that's like, if you look through his career, he's only played 16 games three times in his career. Right. Right. And but, but a lot of those, out of those three times and, and in those years, He's not like he's a 63, 64% completion guy, which I think in Turner's offense would probably go up a little bit because of the short stuff, but he's still going to take his shots. Um, he's a gun, be he's a gunslinger. You know, I love, he is, I, I love watching him play, always have. He's a guy that's going to throw a lot of picks, though. He's going to take a lot of chances. He's going to, he, you know what he's going to do? He's going to do what you want them to do, push the ball down the field. 
He is not going to be afraid to push the ball down the field and stretch the field. And then he's not going to be afraid to come back underneath to the running back or the tight end after the field has been pushed and stretched. Cooley, no, he, he, he's absolutely – the nice thing about him is he's a guy that's going to operate, operate your offense at a high level. High level. He's just going to make mistakes. And it's, I bet you some of it's the Rex Grossman thing. He can't see everything. It's little. He knows where he's supposed to go with the ball. He knows the timing. He has the anticipation. There are just some things that he doesn't quite He's do. more mobile than Rex Grossman. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm not comparing them necessarily as overall players, but I'm I'm suggesting that some of the throws down the field, he knew it was there. He just didn't see something. Or you know, maybe he couldn't get to the check down. God, how many teams has he played for? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This would be his ninth ninth team. Yep. <laughs> no, more than that. More than that. Nobody I'll One, bet two, you no- three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, you're right. Ninth team. I will almost guarantee you there's nobody that's played for nine teams and made more money than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe Chase Daniel. But hasn't played mm, as I'll much. I bet you I- Ryan Fitzpatrick's made more money. He's Cooley Cooley, he is I want to make sure I'm clear on this. If a lot of you don't like Sam Darnold. I just tend to disagree we, with you. We can get into that conversation. I want to talk about Darnold, too. Okay, uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. I, I I personally think that there's something about Darnold that I would be intrigued with, but you know, I, I want them to feel really strongly about it, just like they did Stafford. You know, So if they felt really strongly about Sam Darnold, that he was the right guy, and we can talk about what it would cost to get him, you know, I'm for that. You know, I'm for if Dak Prescott were actually available, I'd be, you know, in favor of them taking a big swing at Dak. I don't think he's going to be available. Same with Watson. Obviously, you know how I feel about Watson. But if they end up swinging and missing or not having chances on, you know, the long-term franchise quarterback because they've already, you know, through their actions admitted that they don't believe that it's Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen. Doesn't mean that they're going to be right, and many of you might end up being right because they may end up being forced to start one of those guys for 16 games, and maybe we'll find out that one of those two guys is the answer long-term. But in the meantime, knowing that they're out there looking for something, if they miss on all those guys... And then they start thinking about bringing Alex back on a restructured, you know, backup deal at four to five million with a bunch of incentives. My preference would be to go get Ryan Fitzpatrick and have him compete and more likely than not be the starter next year. Because as Cooley said, he's smart, he's a leader, he's egoless, he's worked with young quarterbacks like Tua before. He had that team humming last year, and they decided, because they didn't think it would be the year, that they needed to go to Tua to find out what they had in Tua, that Tua was ready to go. You know, but he had, they were off and running. They were four and three. You know, and then then he had or three and three or whatever they were, and he was playing well. And then Tua came in, and they won some games, and they were still in the hunt. And then he had to come in and bail them out against the Raiders. And I think they I think they would have had a chance to win at Buffalo had he started that game. Now he wasn't going to start that game. Brian Flores did say 
um, even though he bailed them out against the Raiders, that Tua was going to start the game against Buffalo in the game they had to have to make the postseason. But the team that he would be coming to would be very similar to the Dolphins, the team he was on last year, with one exception. There's not a top five pick at quarterback sitting there. But the defense is young and good and getting better. They've got good young talent, various positions across the field. And it's a team that really needs some leadership and, you know, veteran savvy at quarterback, whether it's helping in, in the quarterback room, who, you know, Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke, or being the guy himself. Like to me, you put Brian Fitzpatrick in there. If you told me right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick starts 16 games. Alex Smith starts 16 games next year. First of all, I would tell you that Alex Smith can't start 16 games next year. It just is not going to happen. But I would tell you that this team would actually have a better shot at at, at winning uh, at at a winning season with a, hopefully a, even in a, a better defense. Um, and maybe another weapon on offense. And here's the best thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick. You don't have to trade draft capital for him. You don't have to trade player capital for him. He is a straight free agent. You just go out and you've got plenty of cap space and you sign him. You release Alex Smith. You end up saving money on the deal if you swap Alex uh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick for Alex Smith. And for those of you that want to say, do you know Alex Smith's record? And do you know Ryan Fitzpatrick's record? I'm very familiar with both of their records. Alex Smith has played on very good teams, and Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't. Alex Smith is not what he used to be, and we saw the physical limitations. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, a year older, is physically capable. I I would prefer the Fitzpatrick option. Much prefer it. Not over Sam Darnold, not over Deshaun Watson, not over Jameis Winston or Dak Prescott. But if it comes down to they want a veteran, they want a leader, they want a guy who might be able to start 16 games for them, worst case be a backup to Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen, I'd rather it be Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'd rather be Fitzpatrick. But you do have to start to consider where you're going to get your quarterback. Because now you're saying, okay, we're going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick. We think we can win 10, 11 games. That's going to put us at about 20 next year in the first round. Is there a quarterback we can draft at that point? And is there a quarterback we can acquire at that point? Where are we going to get this guy? How are we moving forward? Are we going to have a bridge guy just to have a bridge guy? Because we can believe this year. We believe we can win this year. But could we really win the Super Bowl with Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't know. At some point, you got to take a shot here. What a story and that it, would be, Ryan Fitzpatrick on a deep end. He's never ever played in a postseason game before <laughs> never isn't that amazing i know would, i think i really do think he would have had a chance to play in the postseason this year uh, yeah this I, was this was really i think his best year i know i mean and he, he just he didn't have the shot he's never had the shot no go back i mean for any of you out there just go watch some of the youtube you know games in recent years of fitzpatrick man he is just he is confident. He is, he produces. And Cooley's right. Because he takes chances and he's a bit of a gunslinger, a lot of times he brings you from 24, 10, you know, 24 to 7 down to within 24, 21, and you have the ball in the red zone. And then, ah, you didn't just do that, did you? Oh, it's a terrible throw. Game over. Mm-hmm. That's happened a lot with him, too. Understood. I think he'd be a good fit for this offense. He's he's a gun quarterback primarily. That's what they were doing in Miami last year. He can do whatever you want him to do. 
that's that's the thing. He he can do whatever you want him to do. I don't know. I'm not uh, like I believe he can do whatever you want you want him to do. The, the, here's where it gets interesting for me though. Like this was I saw this today. I think the Jets are looking for a second and mid to late rounder for Sam Darnold. Where did you see that? <laughs> that was reported by Ralph Vacciano. Oh yeah, he's long time for uh, the New York Post, I think. Um, and basically, it, here's the problem with Darnold if you're if you're making this trade. He's got a year left on his deal, and then you got to make a decision on what you're going to pay him, and that's why they're not going to get that much more. I just don't think that you can get him for that. Well, you, that's why you can. I understand. Now, <clears throat> like if if you're Washington, it's like okay. And you loved Darnold. Now would be the time to work out a deal if you got the trade done. But if you're Darnold, you're sitting there saying, "I'm not doing. It. Why would I do a deal? Darnold hasn't had one good year as of yet in his career, not one." So uh, let me, Cooley. Let me like, just. But the thing is, is like look at look at the Jets roster over the last three years with Darnold. He's had nobody. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrendous. The moves that they made when Gaze came in, some of the money they paid to certain guys and some of the moves they made in acquiring no line, no weapons, no nothing for Sam Darnold gave him no chance. And Adam Gaze, I don't know Adam Gaze, never met him once. I've just watched what he's done everywhere he's went from the time he left Chicago as the quarterback whisperer. And he's just not the guy, in my opinion. Yeah, he was Peyton Manning's guy there. Um, Sam Darnold, I've, I've mentioned this. A, yeah, but then, no, okay. Yeah, I know. At what point in Peyton Manning's career was he Peyton Manning's guy? Peyton Manning was Denver, his guy. Denver. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I've mentioned this a few times. I'll just r- repeat this. Sam Darnold has played some of his best games against the best teams that the Jets have played. If you go back and look at all of the games he started, some of the games he's played well in and won have been against very good teams, including this year when he beat the Rams and the Browns late in the year, two teams that ended up in the postseason, not only ended up in the postseason, but ended up winning games um, in the postseason. I loved Sam Darnold coming out of Southern Cal. I'm intrigued by Sam Darnold. I don't have all the answers on Darnold. I haven't watched every single snap. I just know that there are games in which I watched him or bet on the Jets getting seven against the Cowboys a couple of years ago or or in the uh, game that they played against the Rams this year. Um, remember, the Rams went to uh, like a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. Like they were a massive favorite in that game. And the Jets won the game um, with Sam Darnold quarterbacking them. Um, I, I think that there's something to Sam Darnold. And by the way, everything you read from people around the league will t- indicate that that l- people in the league think that Sam Darnold has is is a guy that that can do it. And it's just been the circumstance. Now on the price, and I'm reading it right now, they're looking for a second rounder and maybe a later rounder, uh, a late round, uh, a, a mid round, uh, mid to late round pick. Um, I wouldn't even think twice about that. Uh, no. Would you got to worry about paying him. Well, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this because I believe that Sam Darnold is the guy. So I may, I I may not extend him right away, but I may be extending him in the middle of the season. You know, rather, you know, you're going to pick up the option. That's a given, right? Or is next year the option year? I forget now. 
Is next year the? Well, I think next year's his fourth year, right? Yeah. So you've, you you got to pick so up the pick fifth up the year option. option, right? Yeah. No. You like this is a no brainer. If that's the deal, I, you take a shot. Which makes it hard to believe that nobody's going to give you more than a second. And I feel like the Carson Wentz thing impacted that. But the Carson Wentz contract was massive I, that Indy took on. I get on. it, but Philly had to take the hit. Philly takes the cap, the accounting hit, but not the money hit. And not no the base salary the money. Well, the but you still have the base salary hit on the cap moving forward. Yeah, Philly gets hit on the hit, stuff that's the, already been paid. I, no, absolutely. But that's the stuff that's... I mean, well, I I don't know what his he's con- not going to kill Indy at this point. I would I would bet any amount of money that his contract was also part of the issue, was taking on that contract as it was for Philadelphia to unload it be, unload it because of the dead cap money. In the in the case of Sam Darnold, you're trading for a guy on a rookie deal where with, all with the with the option year that you can work out where he plays this year and you can pick up the option for 2022. And really, at this point. Having a quarterback that you can pay a massive salary is uh, sort of what you want. So <laughs> at this point in the league, is is to have the guy that if, if he were to perform really well, take you to playoffs next year, and then have a great start in his option year, you're in a good situation. You have a good problem. Do you Although like Sam Dallas Darnold? Doesn't, Do you like Darnold uh, or not? Uh, look, there are things I like about Darnold, and there are things that I don't like. About what don't Darnold. you like about him? Uh, Monday Night Football last year, I was sitting there watching the game, and you could see Darnold on the sideline talking to somebody. Say, "Yeah, I'm just seeing ghosts." Whose fault was that? He's playing against the Patriots. Yeah, I don't care whose fault it is. I don't want my quarterback panicked on the sideline against the Patriots talking <laughs> about seeing fucking ghosts. Yeah, I don't like that. Right. I think that there have been too many moments where Sam Darnold's scared or confused. Was it last year? I'm looking at them. It was two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. It wasn't last year, but it was. It was that. uh, Yeah, I got it. The 33 nothing game. He threw for 86 yards in the game. Oof. Yeah, and then he's over there saying he's seeing ghosts. Yeah, you don't want you don't don't want your quarterback over there seeing ghosts. You want your quarterback (laughs) working on fixing it. Yeah, you don't. You don't want. How do you want to fix it? I don't know. They got. Fucking 13 guys out there. Two of them are ghosts. I can't ever figure out where they are. Okay. Uh, What do you want to do here? I like screens, as Kirk Cousins once said. Well, I mean, you know, when they had Uh, four of their five offensive linemen missing. Here we go. Here we go. That's that's when you told me he said it. For a second rounder, which is not a high second, and let's call it a fourth or fifth, I'm doing it. I'm doing the deal. I'm seeing what I get out of Darnold. It's the third quarterback taken four years ago. Or the third pick of the draft four years ago. Remember the game Never. he had here a couple of years ago? I mean, no. I just. Cause Why I, don't I? Well, it was the game they were up 34 to nothing in, or 34 to three. Dwayne, oh, the, the, Dwayne started that game. He was terrible oh, yeah. in that game. And then Dwayne threw a, a couple of late fourth quarter touchdowns. Darnold threw for four touchdowns and 293 yards in basically two quarters. I do remember that game. Their tight end had like a hundred yards or something. We couldn't. Go. <laughs> yeah. Who was their tight end? Even at that though, look at this. Look at the. I just pulled that up. Box where Ryan Griffin leads it. Jamison Crowder second. Demarius Thomas, who's in his, it was done at that point. Third in receptions or in yards. Like they've never had anybody around him. The best dude they got him was Le'Veon Bell when he was done. Yeah, when he was done. Crowder's been a good player. Well, Robbie Anderson was pretty good. 
true. He's just never had dudes. He wouldn't he wouldn't have dudes just yet in Washington. He'd need they'd need to draft a quarterback or a receiver. But shoot, Kev, you would trade away your second, draft a receiver in the first. So, do you think the Carson Wentz first in a condition, a third in a conditional, more likely a first and a third? You think that that hurts the Jets? That's what you're saying, right? You think that hurts the Jets, and the Jets are going to have to settle for like a second now. I don't know if I agree with that. I think Darnold is. It, it, to me, it all depends on how many teams are interested in Darnold. One of the things that I think developed here on Wentz is there wasn't a big market for Wentz, in part because of his contract, in part because there wasn't a big market for Wentz. A lot of the stuff that you talked about early, that we've talked about when that story came out about him. I think. Yeah, but Darnold's got some of that in him. They're very comparable in situation. Darnold's got some of the. Uh, I'm talking about the, is he, the character is stuff. He a, I, I know I, I know you, you're talking about the the character off the field stuff with Wentz, which impacts on the field. But I'm talking about the character on the field with Darnold, where you're like, is he really the guy? Is he a, is he a dude? I think he's soft, and I think that there's some questions about that. If you think he's soft, then you shouldn't want him. Mental, yeah, mental. Well, I'm asking, but that. I'm, then, but I, then why aren't you more adamant you that, that you wouldn't do it? You, you, if you, because I don't think he is, but I think a lot of people could view it that maybe he is. Okay, I've seen him really make a lot of plays, you know, and be and a playmaker. You've seen Wentz really make a lot of plays. True, I've seen Wentz carry his team like he did this year, a bad team in a game on Sunday night at San Francisco. Go back and watch that game. He was, he was ravaged in that game. He got torn to shreds and they won that game because of him because of him and I've seen Darnold you know I've seen Darnold look really good I've seen Darnold be a guy that can really make plays with his legs I but if but here's what I don't want I don't there was a point in which I thought Mitch Trubisky in the right system could be decent and I think you saw some of that this year when he came back in for Foles and the Bears made a little bit of a run. But what I saw in that playoff they game... three terrible defenses. I don't believe in that. What I saw... Yeah, but they had him moving. They had him on the move. They had him, you know, bootlegging. They had him uh, with incorporating more zone read into the offense. They used his legs. They used his mobility much more so than they had. But when I watched him in that playoff game against the Saints quit after that guy dropped the flea flicker touchdown pass in watching that game unless there was a reason like he was ill he was sick or he was hurt I would never ever want him on my team I thought that was one of the most gutless performances I've watched all year long they he completely tapped out after that uh that early you know uh flea flicker it was Javon Wims who, who had a perfect throw right in his hands, number 83, dropped it. It would have given them the lead. Their defense played well enough that day for Chicago to have a chance to win that game. Their defense was outstanding all year long. And Trubisky, there was a, a fourth down, Cooley. Remember we talked about this? It was like a fourth, Hell yeah. a fourth and three, and he runs out of bounds two yards short of the first down when he had a chance to turn it up the field and get it. He didn't want any part of New Orleans' defense in that game. He didn't want any part of, of trying to win that game. That game alone, if anybody just studies that game and finds out that he was completely healthy and well, should should immediately you should put a line through his name saying, nope, 
Not not for me. I, I just I want a guy that understands the game. Trubisky doesn't. It's either he's soft or situationally he's completely not there. It also speaks to why you're super scared to draft a quarterback that started 13 games in his college career. Right. Which he did at North Carolina. One good year. Dwayne Haskins, one good year with a lot of weapons. A lot of these guys, the one-year deal, they haven't quite learned how to play ball. They made some plays. They might have had a good team. They might have had weapons in that year. They might have played some bad defense. The one-year thing is tough because I watched the Trubisky film coming into that year, and there were four or five games that you're like, this is a good player. But there was enough there that you questioned, is he really a good player? And that's where it gets really scary with the one-year guy. Right. They haven't played enough ball yet. There's so many situations, not just offense and plays. There's so many situations that they haven't been in, that you haven't seen guts or you haven't seen decision-making or you haven't they haven't been through it to have to do it, and it's not fair necessarily to them. And maybe if they'd been in more, it would be different. But Trubisky didn't have it. He just hasn't had it. And I don't want a guy that I have, I have to be able to stay balanced to be able to boot a guy. What a guy that can sit back there and throw it a little bit. Well, those guys are few and far between. Well, they are. Yeah. But those guys are the winners. So I'm not taking a chance on a guy like Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, the one. And, and Darnold is a guy that can sit back there and throw it a little bit. He, I Fitzpatrick's think... a guy that can sit back there and throw it a little bit. It's just Fitzpatrick is a one year, two year deal, and you still have to go find your guy. Okay, but you, what I'm saying is the only reason I would do Fitzpatrick is if you, you can't find your guy this year. And you don't find your guy this year, well, and you know, yeah, be, because you know, the, the finding your guy this year. And when I we're talking about the same thing, finding your guy means finding your guy for the next five plus years or much longer than that is trading up and drafting somebody, you know, and hopefully that's it. Or it's Darnold, or it's Carr, or it's you know, obviously Watson, Winston, you know, Prescott, etc. for for big money. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, going after Fitzpatrick at the expense of the answer. I'm just saying if you can't can't get that answer and, you know, I I, I had a good friend of mine say, well, you just go get him. You just go get you, you figure it out. Well, it, it's not a within your control situation. We've talked about that. Just because you need to figure it out doesn't mean you will. Just because Deshaun Watson is the answer doesn't mean that you're going to be the one that's, you know, first of all, able to talk Houston out of their current position, which is we're not trading him, and then into, if they decide to trading him, that you're the right team to tra- to, to, for them to trade him to. By the way, he's got a no-trade clause, which means he will be able to influence where he goes. You know, Dak Prescott, if he doesn't sign with, first of all, the Cowboys are going to tag him if, he, if they don't get a long-term deal. Period. I just can't imagine that they wouldn't. Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints next year. I, I just don't see how he isn't. And if he isn't, well, then that's a red flag on Winston. Because if Sean Payton doesn't figure out a way that Winston is his starting quarterback next year, well, then you've pretty much gotten from a guy that would know about what the guy is. I would agree. I'm not. They, a di- they haven't even been discussed really in in any of these trade situations. Like they feel good about their quarterback situation. Stafford was the one. They they went after Stafford, and they were they were a player for Stafford. They were. 
man, you know, if they, if they were able to have pulled that off, God, I would have been, I would have been so optimistic about the next three to five years in this football team. I mean, I would think if they had pulled off the deal for Stafford that over the next five years they were going to win no less than two division titles. They were going to be in the in the playoffs at least three times. And they would definitely in one of those years have a chance to win 12, 13 games and make a deep run into the postseason. Obviously, it's not just because of Stafford. It's because you'd be adding a the best quarterback the franchise would have had in years to a defense that you know can you have a chance to continue to improve with and maybe become elite with in the next year or two. Anyway. Uh, I'm with you. No, Stafford would have been a big deal. I, like, I don't want Winston. I don't know if they'll start him. Do you think the Saints would start Winston? Well, if Breeze retires, which he's going to, right? Yeah. I think he'll not Taysom Hill? No. Uh-uh. Why? Well, first of all, if he stays there and you sign him, you're signing him to a, a, a real deal, not the deal that you gave him last year for a million bucks or whatever it was. Ridiculous. That's saying anybody else is going to offer him a real deal. Um. Well... You're you're not getting Jameis Winston for a million bucks next year. Somebody's going to pay him money. Cooley, there are still te- there's still teams out there that are going to need quarterbacks. Thirty three picks two years ago. I I know it was thirty picks, right? Thirty three touchdowns, or was it the opposite? No, it was thirty three picks, I think, and thirty touchdowns. <laughs> oh God! Wow! Wow! I don't know. I, That's I, tough to do. I think well, I, it's it's not, but. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll bet you that Winston's the starting quarterback in New Orleans next year. And by the way, with him as the starting quarterback with that defense and with Alvin Kamara, et cetera, they're going to be you know a team that's going to win ten plus games again, and they'll be a playoff team with him unless he. Th- I mean, can't you coach thirty three interceptions out of a guy? Because that team that year, we talked about that team all year long. It was 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Just so oh, he know. got to 30 picks. That's what it yeah. was. You were right. Um, we talked about that team that entire year here on the podcast. And we said, my God, if he can just cut the turnovers by just a third, throw 20, not 30, <laughs> that's, a, that's an 11-win team, which is what Brady walked into. I mean, but he couldn't. That team was so close in every single they, – they were 7-9, and nine and there were like five games they lost by like six or less. I'm pulling it up right now because it was it, it was very close to like a 10 or an 11-win season. And I guess you could say that about a lot of teams year in and year out. But in 2019, here are the games they lost with Jameis Winston throwing 30 picks. They lost two games in overtime. One game, by the way, they had Seattle. They were up like double digits for most of that game, and they ended up losing at Seattle 40-34. to Two games they lost in overtime. They lost by a point to the Giants, seven to New Orleans, four to Tennessee, three to Houston. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six games by seven points or less that year. And they went seven and nine. Man, they could – they put up some points that year. They put up some points. 
He will chuck well, it. Fitzpatrick play, played some of that year, right? For Tampa? No, that was last year. No, he didn't. He was in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Year. He was I in bet. Miami because he beat he us. He played the year before for Or Tampa. nearly beat us. They put right, him they in one series Winston too late. for Fitzpatrick. What'd you say? Before. I said they benched Fitzpatrick or Winston for Fitzpatrick the year before. Right. Do you know, I mean, Jameis Winston in the 30 interception year um, threw for five over 5,000 yards. Well, it's not that hard when you just throw it up every time, I guess. I, I guess. I guess. I mean, it's just amazing. To, like, that's the difference of Tom Brady and Jameis Winston. If you told me, yes, that's true. It's true. It's also true that they were improved on defense. You know, you, they still had a good defense last year. Uh, they did not have a good defense in 2019. It was a, it was a well coached defense in my view, which Winston put them on the wrong side of field position <laughs> over and over again. I'll, I'll, I'll no, conf- they they added some players. You're right. Yeah, the backers are a year later. Right. They added Sue this year. Right. They added Winfield. They added that dude Murphy Bunting who had a hundred picks in the postseason. I had all, I, all with pass interference before the postseason started in New England. Uh, New England, Tampa was playing Washington. I had one of the guys, um, the beat reporters covering Tampa on the radio show. And I just asked him, I said, I'm just curious. Does anybody there think that if Winston had come back and you guys were improved in the various areas that you were improved in, et cetera, um, does anybody think that you would have been in the playoffs this year? And he said a lot of people thought that they could have been a playoff team this year with Jameis, but there's no way they would have been a legitimate Super Bowl contender because he would have – you know, he would have made too many mistakes at the wrong time. But I think also the other thing about Jameis Winston, and I think I've told you this before, but when Brady did finally sign with Tampa, um, I listened I, I listened to multiple interviews from people in Tampa talking about the move, and everybody was so excited about it. But it was also really Um, interesting how every single person in every single interview I listened to about the Brady signing in Tampa Bay went out of their way to single out Jameis Winston as a beloved figure in the organization by coaching staff, by players, that he was a real leader and a highly respected person in that organization. And Bruce Arians said that. When they well, made... I actually heard from somebody I trust who was there a couple years ago that he was one of the hardest workers and spent a boatload of time there. Yeah. I think that there is a narrative around Winston because of what happened at Florida State with the, you know, the um, the Publix supermarket situation well, and the, the whole thing. You know, how, you know what I think happened with that, right? Yeah. It was somebody who, conti- you know, yeah. They, they, well, it was that all of them was were getting giving, free food. It, that he was, yeah, he was getting it for free. He wasn't stealing it. Right. It was just better for him to say that he was stealing it, rather than getting a, a gift that they would have gone on probation for. Yes, they would have. He would have been punished for getting a right. gift, so he had to say stole it. Uh, the, to, Cooley, which I don't blame. Well, I don't blame at all for taking crab legs from a grocery store and call. Like they're going to give you crab legs. Who cares? <laughs> right. Go get them. If you, if Jameis Winston, uh, the, the one thing that would worry me is if Sean Payton doesn't, you know figure out a way to keep him, then I do think that, that that's a little bit of, of a warning. But I don't know. I've always liked Jameis Winston. I loved him coming out. I liked him much more than Mariota. I thought he should have been the, the number one pick, which he was. 
And there's something about him when you watch him, you're like, man, that dude can just flat out sling it. And he's big and he's strong and he can make plays. And then you're like, man, he just threw for 375 and 75% completion percentage. But unfortunately, those three picks killed us. <laughs> he completed just, just over 60% of his passes. I know. I know. He took a lot of but, deep, he takes I mean, a lot of deep shots. I actually he, he's not my guy. It's not. He, it might end up working out, but everything you just said, you would have said verbatim on Dwayne Haskins. Not the big. Not, he's strong. He can really sling it. Not the he leadership can, part. And why but, do you think Dwayne is? Well, I mean, some things came up through the year, but I don't know. I'm, I don't see Dwayne as a terrible leader if things went right for him. Okay. Well, he's he. I mean, no one. Well, no, he didn't have an opportunity to play as much, but he, you know the the proof. No, James started seventy games. The proof is sort of in the pudding in that when Dwayne got cut, how many people came out in terms of his teammates in sort of public social media support of him? I didn't look at that. I, it wasn't much, if it all and Jameis Winston I mean people were excited about Brady it wasn't like they wanted you know they were upset that Brady was coming in instead of Winston but they were so complimentary of their teammate and I don't know whatever uh what else you got for me today I I wanted to tell you real quickly about my bookie use my promo code Kevin DC and they'll match your deposit halfway up to a thousand dollars I was looking uh, at my bookie last night at the College Basketball National Championship odds, which is one of their prop bets. Um, it is odd to see the following. Gonzaga is the favorite to win the national championship at plus 210. Baylor's the second favorite at plus 300. You know, almost always it's, you know, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and you've got Gonzaga and Baylor at the top of the college basketball world right now. Uh, I had Jimmy Patsos on the radio show this morning. We talked a lot of college hoop. Uh, If you're interested in that, go listen to that um, segment during the third hour um, of the show uh, on the team980.com. My bookie, great place, easy place, fair place. You're going to get paid if you win. You can trust it completely. Um, go to mybookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC, and they will match your deposit halfway. I've told you this a million times, even if you have another spot. Take the free money. Sign up, take the free money, and use it as a place to comparison shop on point spreads. If you're betting college hoops or you're betting the NBA or you're betting golf. You know, I'm in a bunch of golf pools, and I bet a bunch of golf, you know, every once in a while. And they've got so many golf prop bets. You should compare because you'll see massive differences, Cooley, in money line odds on golfers for tournaments from one site to another. So, you know, as an example, if you bet Brooks Kepka at plus 600 this weekend on one site, what if he was plus 800 at my bookie? I mean, why wouldn't you play him at plus 800? You'll see that kind of discrepancy sometimes in some of those sports. So anyway, mybookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC to get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Um, I was just going to mention real quickly, you know, Bradley Beal is going to be the starter um, in the All-Star game. He got the most votes of any of the guards in the Eastern Conference. I'm happy for him. He's really a good dude. Um, there was a uh, tweet from Ted about Bradley Beal um, that I thought was pretty telling. 
uh, and it read uh, it read as follows. Um, uh, where is it? Hold on, I had it a second ago. Here it is. Uh, congratulations at Real Deal Beal 23 on being named an all-star starter. A most deserved recognition for one of the most prolific scorers in the NBA. A great teammate and leader of the Washington Wizards. Brad is an all-star both on and off the court. Hashtag DC above all. I don't even know what that hashtag means, but <clears throat> um, <laughs> anyway... It's telling to me uh, because the bottom line is John Wall's not here anymore, not because they were really worried about the injury and whether or not he would be fully recovered from the injury. John Wall isn't here here anymore because um, he was not what Ted said about Bradley Beal. He was not a great teammate, and he wasn't an all-star both on and off the court. And he made that point in his tweet, and I don't think it's a small thing. Um, I personally liked John Wall, and I don't. And John Wall never got in trouble off the court. Um, but that gang sign incident on video in Brooklyn from over the summer was the last straw for the Wizards. If you talk to anybody in the know, and Chris Miller's been a bit on with me on radio several times, I've talked to others about it. This pissed Ted off to no end. They are in a business right now that has hemorrhaged during the pandemic. The hundreds of millions of dollars lost due to this pandemic by NBA teams and the NBA and the league. You cannot have, no matter how benign and no matter how apologetic John was, you can't have in this business climate, you know, your faces of the franchise doing things that potentially turn off corporate sponsors and customers. And so they were really upset at that and a couple of other things, and that's why John isn't here anymore, and Beal uh, is getting all of these compliments, which, by the way, are completely deserved. Completely sure. deserved. Um, anyway, what else you got? Your team going to beat Rutgers? Ooh, tough one. This is the game on the schedule. Maryland plays Rutgers Sunday at 3. Rutgers is really good. Um, they lost to Michigan last night. I mean, if you look at Rutgers, you know they, they've been ranked for much of the year. They're not ranked right now, but they're a top thirty, uh, you know, net ranking team and Ken Palm team. Maryland's sitting there right in the mid thirties. Um, they lost to him. The, they lost to him the first go round. This is not a must win for Maryland, but if they got it, it would definitely solidify. If if you end up having wins at Wisconsin, at Illinois, Purdue at home, Minnesota twice, and Rutgers, there's pretty much no chance you're not going to be in the field. Um, This would be a great win to get. What they really have to do in their final four, Rutgers, Michigan State, Northwestern, and Penn State, is if they win three of them, they're a lock. If they win two of them, it's pretty good shot that they're in, especially if one of those two is against Rutgers on Sunday. Tough matchup for them. Rutgers is is big and physical. Um, Maryland is defensively. They're just going to have to, you know, they're going to have to win one of those grinders. You know, like sixty. You have to win like a sixty-two, sixty-one game, fifty-nine, fifty-eight game, something like that. Um, I'm I'm thrilled. This is right now by far and away Cooley, the thing that I'm most interested in now that football season is over because I think that he's done a great job getting 
a whole hell of a lot out of probably the least talented team star-wise that he's had there in several years. Turge does not have, more likely than not, an NBA player on his roster for the first time in a while. You know, I think Wiggins, people would love to, to, to see him continue to play well. I think Dante Scott has a chance down the road, but there's no obvious pro. You know, they had a top 10 pick, lottery pick, you know, in Stick Smith last year. They've had, you know, Bruno Fernando and Kevin Herter and just one pro after another on the roster for many years now. Um, he doesn't have one on this roster, and yet they are, to me, overachieving. Um, and I'd love to see him in the tournament because uh, I think they actually could be a problem for teams that have not seen them play. And they're they're very good defensively, very good defensively. All right, uh, what else? Anything? What are you doing this weekend? Skiing. You've been skiing a lot recently. This is my third time. Is Sloan a good skier? She skied. We, I took her on Monday. Yeah, you took her to uh, Red Lodge or whatever. Red in Montana. Lodge, Montana. Yeah. She got her. She uh, the first couple. I had to help her. My daughter's funny. Kids are all funny. They're different. She cried. She didn't want to be let go. She was worried. She, the time before, she did all right. We went in. We had some lunch. You got to feed kids, or they get a little cranky. Yeah. I said, remember when you rode your bike? You just, you finally, you just told yourself you could do it. She said, oh, yeah. We went back up. I said, do you want me to help you? You want me to ski backwards and make sure I'm in front of you? No, Dad, I got it. And then she, she did it. She skied. Awesome. She skied 20, up and down 20 times and had no issues whatsoever. So she's super pumped. Well, this is the age. You, you know, you teach kids to ski at this age, and it's, you know, they're doing well, she's it for six. Life. We're going tomorrow. My son's three, and he he's pretty good. <laughs> At three, he's good. Yeah, he can ski. I mean, they're, gotta, they're, so, sure lo- they're so low to the ground; it's like they can't even actually fall over. Yeah, he he's fearless. Uh, that's which awesome. is which is good, but it's also scary. Yeah, her she she's got enough fear in her that now I'm not too worried about the big wreck. Him, eh, he's just gonna go. I actually went I, – I pick up my new skis today. I'd been renting skis the last couple of times, and it's expensive to rent skis anyways, yeah. but I, wa- I wanted some. Large in part because the two times I rented skis, they weren't fast enough to catch up to the kids if they got in front of me. <laughs> hey, come on! Yeah. I don't I, like you, You're helping kids. You don't use poles. Yeah, but right? uh, aren't, you you, aren't you banged up and injured on these things? I mean, how is it – how is yeah, your knee holding it, up? It's fine. It, I'm not skiing hard. I'm just going down the groomers – keeping up with the kids skiing right. backwards a lot right so um that's what, that's what we go, got going on I, i'm just gonna mention one last thing it has nothing to do with more important things like skiing with your kids which sounds like a lot of fun but i mentioned this earlier on my radio show and i i didn't i forgot to go look up the box score from the game but i do remember that ryan fitzpatrick's first start first nfl start was against your team in 2005 Rams. Again, when he was playing for the Rams, he started as a rookie out of Harvard. His first game against the Washington Redskins on December 4th, 2005. Why is that significant? Well, that was the first win in a stretch of five wins in a row that led to a playoff win over Tampa and then a playoff loss to, to Seattle. And by the way, continued the Gibbs tradition of being just the best December coach of all time. But in pulling up the box score from that game, the final score was 24-9. to Ryan Fitzpatrick in that game was 21 of 36 for 163 yards, three sacks and interception, no touchdowns. 
the first touchdown of the game was a Clinton Portis 47-yard touchdown, and the last touchdown of the game was a four-yard catch by Chris Cooley from Mark Brunel for a touchdown mm. to make the score 24-9. to Chris Cooley in that in game. In St. Louis, the game that I would say top to bottom if you were to watch film, run game, pass game, everything included, might have been my best graded game ever. Five catches, 58 yards, and you guys rushed for Portis at 136 yards and Rock Cartwright had 118 yards in the game. You guys had 407 yards uh, and total rushing yards, 257 on the ground. So you must have done a hell of a job blocking. Yeah, I I locked him down, man. (laughs) So there you go. There you go. All Uh, right, well, have a good weekend. All right, you too. Uh, Back on Monday, guys.